This is the I'm Stuff Podcast, a podcast for mental health around food, exercise, lifestyle, and mindset. I'm your host, Queenie June Borgman, and in today's episode, episode 3 of season 2, we're going to talk about sleep and how it correlates with your food intake, fitness performance, and recovery. And we're doing this with Jeroen van der Mark, owner of Fit.nl. Before we start this very, very cool interview, I just want to say thank you so much, Jeroen and Fit.nl, for making this possible. I really enjoyed the interview. I really learned a lot as well. And just, you know, for the listeners who are here a bit longer, uh, season one was a lot about eating disorders, disordered eating and hormone problems. So if you're new here and want to know more about that check out all the episodes of season one. Uh, Season two will also have that aspect because at the end of the day, uh, mental health around food uh, has a lot to do with eating disorders as well, but also a lot with other, you know, uh, goals in life, either weight gain, weight loss, uh, gaining muscle, because if the mind uh, believes it, uh, your body can achieve it. So um, really, really thank you again. And for everybody who do not know, you know, what is Fit.nl, you know, uh, Dutchies, this is the site where you want to go for your evidence-based real truth, you know, about food and exercise, lifestyle, mindset, you name it. Uh, as a dietitian, I still use the site a lot just to make sure that, you know, what I'm saying and what I'm doing that is still up to date. Um, I even like gained my NSCA personal trainer uh, certificate because of them, because they have a lot of informational, you know, information youtube videos out there on how do you need to perform an exercise but they also have a lot of good blogs out there so guys if you want to check them out check them out at their site fit.nl check them out at their ig that's same fit.nl they have a podcast that is very much evidence-based also the same name and they have a youtube that is similar with the same name and has crazy good content if you're just starting out or maybe are you know already a bit in the scene of strength training so that was that part and i would really like to ask you if you're new here or if you're still listening to the podcast for uh, like for some time if you could follow the podcast if you could share it if you could comment under it some of you know those options that are out there on the platform you are using please 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 do that because uh, getting a podcast out there is actually the same how it goes with instagram it's actually the same how it goes with youtube there's a certain algorithm and things that are listened often uh, just get better recommendations or are earlier at the person who is looking and searching in that certain subject so that was that enjoy this episode and i'll see you the next time and that will be with livia from always hungry so welcome listeners back to a new episode of season two this is episode three and in this episode we're going to talk about sleep and how it correlates with your food intake and I'm doing that with none other than Jeroen. Jeroen is from Fit.nl. It's a very big site here in the Netherlands that teaches you and educates you about food, health, uh, lifestyle. And I have worked with them in the past about around articles. And before I even start like going into details, Jeroen, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And uh, yeah, uh, we write about sports and nutrition. Um, so we help people with free information in the Netherlands. We're one of the biggest websites uh, about sports, nutrition and training in the Netherlands. It's all free. And so, yeah, we give free recipes, uh, free training advice, articles, schedules. So everything is free on the website. So we try to help as much people as possible. And the team is, uh, and I like, uh, we have a dietitian in the team, uh, personal trainers, movement scientists, psychologists, and they all write uh, topics related to, to everything, to relate to being fit. And myself, I try to educate people around topics uh, related to science, so how to bring science into practice. Um, so yeah, that's our main goal. And if people like it, all the free stuff, sometimes they buy a book, our app, uh, all the products that we sell in our shop. So yeah. You can support us by doing that. Yes, and I know you have the book because I have it here at home. It's called The Fit Methoda, so The Fit Method. Um, mm-hmm. That book is totally science-based, right? 
Uh, yeah, evidence based. So we look into the evidence related to nutrition and training, and we try to make it practical. So not too difficult, but we try to make practical recommendations. And everything is based on consensus. So not cherry picking certain articles like, hey, nuts are good to lose weight. But then we look in the broader picture of science and then we uh, look at consensus. And then we make conclusions. So what you do is we we do the same, actually. We interview experts in the field, like professors in our podcast. And all those recommendations, we make it like an abstract. And actually, that abstract is our book, The Fit Method. So, uh, yeah, I would say I so. I like the book. I like the book. It's Thanks. very practical. And uh, it reads very nicely. And yeah. I believe it's only in Dutch, or am I saying that? Yeah, correct? that's correct. Yeah. Okay. It's correct. Okay. Uh, so for the Dutchies, if you would like to know more about that book, uh, you can check it out, I believe, on fit.nl. Uh, and it's for me personally, it's one of the first books that I bought when I was uh, on uh, the University of Applied Sciences. So it really was an extra addition for me. Uh, you also just stated that you had a podcast, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. What is the name of the podcast? Uh, fit.nl. So you can look it up in the favorite podcast app. And I hope the listeners don't fall asleep when they listen to our podcast because that's going to be our main topic of today, right? Yes, yes, that's totally correct because we're going to talk about sleep today. And uh, I feel like we all give another description for the term sleeping. For me personally, sleeping is everything that happens for me around one at night and then somewhere around seven, I wake up again. And for me, it's a recharge moment to go on for the rest of the day. But what is sleeping really? Yeah, before I answer the question, I want to ask you a question. What happens uh, when you sleep like three to, to, to five days really good? What makes the what, difference? What happens? Compared to um, like, uh, like when you don't sleep really good and you're like, what if you sleep like for three to five nights? Awesome. It's, it's so funny that you say this because last week I had a deadline and I was awake for 33 hours. And what happened? <laughs> when I was sleeping very bad was that I got lethargic. I was hungry all the time, the whole day. I couldn't have like satiation. I could eat everything. doesn't matter you know, if it was healthy uh, or it would fill you up or something unhealthy. Uh, I just get all out of my rhythm. And if I look at my normal rhythm that I sleep well for maybe three or five days a week, I'm in sync and I can feel full after a meal. Mm -hmm. So that's related to nutrition. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence related to all these kind of topics. I think we're going to discuss that later. But um, yeah, for the listeners to kick off, um, the importance of sleep for me, like if I sleep well for one week, I'm hitting more PRs, I'm building up way more strength and I eat yeah, I eat like way more healthy because I make like uh, better decisions. But to start off, the what sleep is actually, um, you get like, if you go to bed, and you fall asleep, mostly uh, can take uh, half an hour or some people like fall asleep in a couple of minutes and you get like in an unconscious uh, uh, mindset. Uh, so you're not really conscious about your environment. Sometimes with loud noises, you get awake. Uh, but what happens, you get you when you fall asleep, you get in different uh, stages and all these different stages have different uh, recovery phases. So sleep is actually the moment you're not really conscious uh, about your uh, environment and you get like in a recovery recovery phase. So the whole body, uh, your uh, brain uh, recovers, um, you dream, but also your, uh, your, your muscles recover. Uh, some kind of hormones, uh, growth hormones, they're being released and it's important for your recovery of your muscles. Uh, but also there's like, a, I would say, there's has there's like a clean up in your brain. So uh, your brain cleans yourself up during the night. So if you only sleep for three or four hours a night, uh, your brain is not able to clean your uh, uh, system itself. And you really feel it the next day if you do that for a couple of days. So sleep is important for recovery, uh, but also for your focus. And it's a really interesting thing. I just, uh, last week, I interviewed a professor about this topic sleep. And actually, she said, like, the, the system or the moment you fall asleep and what happens during the night is really something we don't know yet. It's really vague. And we try to uh, to do more research on this, but it's still an, a topic that's uh, yeah quite unknown. But the beneficial effects of sleep 
they are immense. So it's an interesting topic, and it has like a yeah, you can you can talk about it for hours. That's very cool. So actually, the the whole waste of the whole day that you produced, and when you're sleeping, it is getting subtracted from the body, and. You know, it maybe sounds very strange to ask you this question, but some people maybe still are not very aware of that. But you just already like gave a little bit away. But why do we need sleep? Yeah, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, it's about kind of weird, right? That you fall asleep. If you look at hunter-gatherer society, like what we had like mm-hmm. uh, way uh, past years ago, uh, it was weird to fall asleep because you have to protect yourself against animals or other tribes. Um, so in some ways, I think it's maybe uh, more important to to just be awake all day, but that doesn't work because you tried it with your exam or your deadlines, and it doesn't work. So uh, uh, from a evolutionary perspective, it's weird, but I think our body needs it because you cannot be active all day, and um, sometimes you need to be uh, in a certain moments you do need to do a sprint, and that's so much, uh, or you need to work on something. And I think our brain are not capable uh, of being active all day. So I think there's a built-in uh, system uh, why we sleep, but yeah, science doesn't know actually why we sleep. It's weird actually. Mm-hmm. But th- still, somehow, because if I look at all the animals, we're all very tactic when when we're going to sleep. We make sure we are safe. So either monkeys are up in high trees, we mm-hmm. make sure somebody, somebody's around us, we're in a safe environment when we're sleeping. So we have something of that in our system as well. Yeah, yeah, we go in our house. Uh, but you see also other animals, they, they awake at night. So it's it really depends. It's, it's, uh, it's something we cannot get a grasp of. So it's mm-hmm. a good question, but I cannot answer it uh, like why we do it. It's uh, counterintuitive. Okay, and uh, you know, if we think about sleep, sleep is one word, and I think we just think about going to bed and waking up, but are there, like, is there only one type of sleep? No, you go through different phases. Um, first, yeah, it can depends, like, the, if you, uh, some people take like a half an hour to, to fall really asleep, uh, can take also a couple of minutes, depends on, uh, yeah, how aware you are in your environment or how stressed you are, uh, it's really, uh, there's a lot of individual uh, variety in that, uh, but you go to phases of really deep sleep, uh, phases of dreaming, uh, phases where your body moves, phases where your eyes move, and they all have a different, uh, different um, purpose. Um, so in one phase, there's more uh, release of growth hormones, important for your muscles and recovery. The other f- phases are more for uh, memory uh, um, uh, storage. So they also say like, if you sleep well, uh, that's what science says, uh, you're able to store your memory better. So all these phases have different purpose. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, I would say the, the abstract. So, uh, you just described the phase, uh, phases. Uh, I know there's also something, and that is a substance called melatonin. It is made in a body, I believe. Does it correlate with these phases? And if so, how? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, there are a lot of hormones that, that interplay with your sleep uh, phases, but like with the time when you go to bed, but also during the day. Uh, actually, um, during the day, you build up sleep ple- uh, pressure. So in the morning, uh, like you're awake, maybe like at, at, at 1 p.m. you're really awake, you feel like energized and ready to, to work or do you do your stuff. But in the evening, you're getting more and more tired. Maybe around 9, 10 p.m. you're pretty tired. And one of the um, hormones that, like, that, that like affects your your like sleep pressure or the way you're tired is melatonin. Uh, the brain releases that uh, throughout your body. And uh, you get like slightly tired and you you have the feeling of that you have to go to bed. But for example, when you take coffee or you're going to work at night, uh, your body suppresses this melatonin and it's more difficult to fall asleep. So this is one of the hormones that like releases uh, to uh, regulate your uh, circadian rhythm. And actually that circadian rhythm is like in the morning you're awake, in the evening you're tired and you're, uh, you're willing to go to bed. So it's an interesting substance, but it's like uh, released by your body itself. 
So a lot of people think about like, ah, oh, it's there's a pill for that melatonin. Now actually, your body does it, and by uh, having a good lifestyle, so that's really important, and really working on the right behavior, it's possible to uh, shift your own rhythm in a good way and to keep your rhythm, uh, and it's possible to use your melatonin uh, release in the right way and a lot of people think ah, i need a pill to to regulate my sleep actually one out of 17 people takes a, a melatonin uh, a pill to regulate their sleep and i just interviewed also a professor on this topic and uh, she said like oh it's such a, a bad behavior that people uh, uh, do this because you really know you really have to know what you do so use the melatonin of your own body and if you really have sleep problems go to see a doctor but not on first instance mm -hmm. i really recognize what you're saying here because in the time that i had hormone problems my uh, regulation of melatonin was very bad so i was awake for so long and it took my body for so long to uh, get it like reset it again and go right with it and you just said caffeine in order mm -hmm. for me to do that, one of the things that I needed to do was uh, throw caffeine out of my diet because yeah. it had such a big influence on it. And for me, it was every time that I drank coffee, still around three or four at noon, at noon, it was still something that I could feel uh, at night. So really, coffee does have that, um, yeah, influence. It's yeah. Actually crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, in your brain, you have like uh, some kind of sticking sticking points, receptors. And uh, when you build up sleep pressure, what we previously mentioned, uh, the adenosine uh, uh, binds to those receptors. And that's a no that's normal. Like uh, if you fall, uh, if you're getting tired, uh, uh, melatonin is released. And one of the things that happens because of this um, is that you feel tired because the adenosine receptors they bind to the adenosine receptor so it's like uh, like lego you put like a lego block on the other one and it fits you know uh yeah. but caffeine comes into play and it, and it just goes between the adenosine receptor and the adenosine part so it blocks actually the access to that so it makes it more difficult to for the body to uh, to get to, to to be tired and effects can can be like in, in between three and a half to six hours um after you take your your first coffee so if you take coffee at like 6 to 6 or 8 p.m it's more difficult to fall asleep i would even recommend people not to drink coffee if they really are tolerant to that or they are really intolerant to this i would say like maybe 2 3 p.m uh, stop drinking coffee i tried actually to stop drinking coffee at uh, 1 p.m um, or 12 uh, and it really worked, actually. It really affects my sleep in a positive way. But there are also non-responders. Some people can easily take their coffee at night. For example, my dad, and he doesn't have any problem with sleep. So this is always the, also the individual approach. Everybody needs a different advice. Uh, but you need to test it out for yourself. So maybe once, uh, stop drinking coffee at 2 p.m. And really helps you to fall asleep uh, faster. True, true, definitely. I am one of the people who is very, like, uh, almost intolerant for coffee. So when Corona started, uh, I think I had my first coffee four months after Corona started in the Netherlands, so March. And for me, if I drink maybe two or three cups a day, I get a heart rhythm problem. So <laughs> I am yeah. really on the on the side that needs to watch out or drink. <laughs> yeah, hyper arousal. You can use it sometimes yeah. for, for training. Uh, but there's also an upper, upper threshold, so yeah, watch out for that. And it's good to be aware of it. There's a lot of people are not aware of it while they are like really aroused during the day or uh, yeah. they, they cannot focus. And sometimes it's related to the caffeine. If you're not, um, if you're not conscious about your behavior and the causes, it can cost you a lot of uh, yeah, happiness. Yes, and it's also, I think, um, it uh, accumulates because... People think it's only coffee, but there's also a little bit in chocolate. There's in Cola Zero. There's in other products. So yeah. it accumulates eventually. And I'm not even talking about pre-workout because that is so concentrated as well. And then at the end of the day, you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. A little side uh, note that we're going to make. Uh, because uh, some episodes ago in my podcast, I had described the hormones leptin and ghrelin. Mm -hmm. uh, leptin reduces the hunger and ghrelin activated. Mm -hmm. And at some point when uh, you're satiated, uh, leptin 
actually already kicked in. So how does this correlate with sleep? Yeah, there is um, uh, some, they're like, they're, those are the two hormones that are related to sleep. Uh, sleep deprivation actually uh, that are like put out by the latest evidence so I looked like uh, a couple of months ago so I, I did like a big uh, overview article about sleep so I was really interested in this topic uh, for years and I thought like I'm going to um, to read everything and make like a big article about sleep because I think it's super important uh, especially for uh, diet choices and uh, those hormones really are important but uh, before I start out with that, I first want to talk about impulse control because I think that's the outcome variable. So um, what, you, what you see is if people are sleep restricted or have like sleep, sleep problems, so I would say like they miss out two or three hours of sleep uh, per night, uh, they have less impulse control. They easily take out sweets or, or a pie or they make different decisions. For example, when they're at a gas station, they think, ah, you know, I will get the Mars instead of like a salad. And you see this behavior quite a lot in, for me, except for me as like a, a personal trainer and an experienced lifestyle professional. I also see it by myself. If I'm uh, sleep deprivated, I make different decisions. But you see it also in evidence, in controlled uh, research. People make different decisions related to nutritional choices. And, and those decisions are pretty big, especially when you do it over a year. I think you can easily add up a couple of kilos because of uh, sleep deprivation. So uh, it's an interesting question if you first should address somebody's uh, diet or should first improve somebody's uh, um, sleep behavior so there can be a vicious circle uh, in upward stream if you make like the decision uh, to first uh, work on the sleep behavior so that's the first interesting discussion if you look at more at the, the micro level so we look at the hormonal level you see indeed um, an uh, increase in um, Ghrelin, so you see like people are, uh, when they sleep less, when they are sleep stretched for a couple of hours, uh, for a couple of nights, uh, they have more hunger and that uh, causes actually that different impulse control. So you see this in evidence that has been replicated quite a few times and you see it also in leptin. Uh, people are less satiated if they didn't sleep well and has also been replicated quite a few times. So you see it in the individual level, on hormonal levels, but also the effects on impulse control are quite pretty big. So if you're struggling with your diet, maybe it's good to first start out not with your diet, but with your sleep regime. I totally agree. I also think that a lot of uh, people who support people with this, that they do not actually ask about the sleep. Well, that is so vital. I have a lot of clients that tell, you know, when I'm tired, I'm going to look for food because I want energy. And these types of like sentences already like indicate there, that there's something is off in their sleep pattern. Mm -hmm. And maybe also very interesting because um, you just stated uh, about um, the diet and sleeping, uh, but also the, the leptin and ghrelin. I had it last week because of staying up too long that the ghrelin actually took over and yeah. in this case it was only two days but doing that constructively it definitely adds some pounds on because of not caring actually for herself or not seeking a lifestyle that is uh, manageable and i think and i think i'm gonna add this on the moment that uh people are don't have you know that concentration to make healthy choices we often lead uh, to high calorie choices with high sugar high fat yeah. or high salt yeah. and uh, for people uh, who know that they have that for example i know the moment for example last week that i didn't slept well i make sure later in the night or later in the evening i have choices uh, that are low calorie so i can you know, in Dutch we say, fang the clock up, but uh, make sure it doesn't go out of hand. Yeah. yeah. And, is, oh, yeah. and it's but also it's a slippery slope. Like after a couple of weeks mm -hmm. or days, uh, you're used to high calorie dense food and you're used to bad sleep. And you don't know actually anymore what was a good night of sleep or like a really feeling focused and mentally fit. So it's a slippery, slippery slope downwards. Uh, where some people are not really conscious of the effects, uh, but 
and then also a thing that I want to uh, make an addition to is we shouldn't like micro uh, focus only on those two uh, hormones, uh, but there are a lot of more hormones that interplay with uh, the impulse control or your hunger or satiety. Um, so it's it's always a reductionist mindset about thinking like, oh, it's a melatonin is the sleep hormone, or a ghrelin is only uh, affects hunger. So it's a, a lot of factors that interplay. Um, yeah, we we we, sh we should more think about the behavior uh, that shows when you have sleep reduction. Yeah, I totally agree. I do not know if you ever seen the uh, or read the um, uh, research about the mouses with leptin and ghrelin. Have you no. ever read that one? Well, it was about one mouse that was injected with leptin and the other was injected with ghrelin. And the little mouse that had ghrelin became two and a half times bigger. And the one with leptin, it stayed slim. But even when you do that, and that would be, let's say, the cure for not gaining weight, you still have your mindset, your lifestyle that can interfere with that. And that is yeah. something at the end of the day, what people maybe do not want to hear, but you really need to work on yourself to make sure that the... Um, outcome stays and you can you know experiment with hormones but at the end of the day it, it doesn't work it same goes for people with a gastric bypass if you uh, seek sneaky ways for example i have really had clients that had a gastric bypass and were eating m&ms one by one so they still gained the weight back yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's the hard hard way and the, the it's not the easy way but yeah, yeah it, we, we are here as professionals to help people with tips. So yeah, I mean, the good way is like to work on sleep. I think that's yeah. a good thing to work on. So yeah. My next question, but I believe we answered it a bit of, of both, that uh, I believe that this has an impact on your health and body composition. But um, yeah, if so, how? Um, yeah, mostly actually by the impulse control. So um, that affects it a lot because you make different food decisions, like uh, high calorie dense food or more like for example, vegetables, etc. cetera. Uh, but also uh, related to, for example, if you do weight training, and nowadays a lot of people do weight training, so your recovery is affected by that. Actually, the, the building of muscles uh, when you sleep, for example, eight and a half hours compared to five and a half hours. That's what like uh, a, a paper showed in 2010. There's a, like a, a significant difference in muscle recovery. Uh, and also in fat loss, uh, people uh, that sleep well for eight and a half hours compared to three hours sleep reduction, um, they build up more lean mass, they lose uh, more fat. Um, so you have a better body composition uh, if you sleep well. So uh, yeah, it's that's also uh, an important thing. And it's mostly because of impulse control and recovery of the of the muscles. Mm -hmm. So you were just talking about eight and a half uh, hours of sleep, but then we're into the weight training area more. Mm -hmm. So to avoid all these problems, the word avoid is kind of harsh, but to minimize these problems, mm -hmm. how many hours should we sleep as human beings? Um, yeah, actually, there are like a lot of articles and, and websites. They say like, yeah, you need eight hours on average. Uh, but it really depends if you're like uh, younger like a baby, it's a lot of sleep. If you're adolescent, like if you just started out studying you know, 18 till 21, you need also more more sleep and you have also a different rhythm. So it really depends. And like elderly people, sometimes they have enough six and a half hours, seven hours, seven and a half. Uh, so it really depends on a person. So uh, uh, a friend of mine is a, a CrossFit athlete and needs nine hours of sleep to have optimal recovery. So it really depends on the situation. But uh, I don't want to give the listeners exactly uh, the really, the, the like, oh, you need seven or eight hours. But I, what I would say, if you are awake and energized during the day and you feel, you feel like physically and mentally fit, then you slept enough. So that would be a good marker to test out if you sleep well. Um, and if you don't feel uh, energized, and maybe work on sleeping a little bit more, uh, maybe like half an hour more, and try if it affects your uh, well-being. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I believe we're always, uh, at least what I experience, people are looking for that wonder solution, wonder answer, the wonder pill, you know, almost like uh, 
Kumi tailor shopping or tailor shopping that there's one cure for everything but everybody is so unique that sleep at the end of the day is so specific if i look at myself and my family my brother he really needs around nine hours of sleep and i'm already good to go around six hours so yeah very different what happens um, if you sleep for uh, eight hours I uh, I think I get a little bit anxious, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm already awake. So I'm just postponing and sitting in bed if I would add yeah. these two hours. Yeah. There's also a genetic uh, uh, thing that plays uh, into place. There's like a really small amount of people that, that, that can uh, live with like four to five hours. But that's, I asked like the professor last week about this topic and she said like, yeah, it's, it's a really small amount of people, but there's like some variety in the, now you always have a statistics and all the distribution. Some people need a little bit more, some people need a bit less and also depends on your lifestyle. I'm doing a lot of weight training, so I need my recovery. If I don't sleep well, I know the next day I have a harder time hitting my weights so yeah. yeah totally agree because uh because of corona i actually stopped the weight training but before that i uh, did it for almost a year again and i really uh discovered that at the moment you know a session where you're actually tearing up your muscles and filling stuff up again glycogen protein uh if you do not sleep with that you're just what you said before you're going downhill and you maybe think you're making progression but actually you're doing more bad than good if you do not take the sleep with it because it's such a vital part in getting where you want either strength or maybe uh, the aesthetics yeah yeah one thing i want to yeah, that's, that's i totally agree one thing i want to add is actually what i previously thought that you need to finish a sleep phase so we discussed about like you have the non-rem non-rem and the uh, rem sleep and you go to different phases of, of, of those non-REM uh, uh, and non-REM and they add up overnight. But what I previously thought like that you have to finish a sleep cycle. Uh, but I just mm -hmm. talked to the sleep professor and he said like, yeah, you can, it doesn't matter if you finish a cycle, just, you just wake up when you, when it's time to wake up. And mostly the best tip then is just to go to bed <laughs> earlier. I think I agree, but it's the same like with, if you want to do things 100% perfect, you cannot always sleep the way you want to sleep. <laughs> so you just need to like go with it and yeah. next day try again. Yeah. yeah, that's actually, if I can add up one more thing that's, that's really uh, important related to this, is the article I wrote and actually the first disclaimer I made uh, on this article is like uh, podcasts like this, articles or videos related to sleep. They can also uh, make people uh, um, quite aware of sleep, and it makes also something like um, can cause uh, uh, a too much focused behavior, like too much focus on focus on sleep. That you think, ah, oh, I need to sleep, and I need to improve my sleep, and because of this, this, this focus on your sleep. Uh, it can cause like uh, detrimental effects actually that you don't sleep well because like ah oh, I fucked it up or I cannot and you're laying in bed I need to sleep I need to sleep because I know it's important for my recovery or for, for my food shares and weight loss so actually um, if you are trying to focus on sleep <laughs> don't focus too much on it but try to do it in a healthy way so um, that's really a side note I want to play so be aware of like, uh, focus on sleep can also be detriment detrimental. Yeah, that hyper focus and maybe also insecurity around it uh, doesn't add much to your sleep quality at the end of the day. No. Um, are there things we can do nutrition-wise? Um, sleep. Yeah, um, I'm going to answer it, but, but like the uh, what I also wanted to say, if you, for example, slept for six hours and or five hours, and you feel fit during the day, actually. That it, like for one day, it's, it's really okay and it's not a problem at all. Uh, but if you think you slept really bad and you don't like you're going to be, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So uh, if you slept a night bad, don't think, oh, my my day is fucked up now. Everything is, uh, is, is shit. No, just accept it and go with the flow. And in the end, it will be all right. And the next day you catch up some a bit. So that's a really important thing I want to say to people. Uh, it's still it's possible to have a good day after like a bad night of sleep. It and, kind of helps diet, right? If yes. you have 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's the in, in like they call the what the hell effect. So try like if you've done something uh, that not really fits into your diet or you're like been drinking all night, uh, you can pick up your your regime or your your dietary pattern the next day, and it's not a problem. Oh, don't give up on it, but just uh, see it as uh, yeah, it's it's also part of your lifestyle behavior sometimes, uh, and just accept it and just go with the flow again. Um, and related to food. Uh, actually, there are no real magical tricks. So we discussed about caffeine, and that's like an, uh, it can have can have a negative effect on your sleep. Um, but actually, I would say uh, they said like tryptophan has some effect on it. Yeah, there's like a little bit evidence for that. Uh, actually, uh, uh, vitamins. Uh, vitamin B6, but it's also like minimal effects and only if you have like, um, if you don't have enough uh, in your diet already, maybe like adding it up by supplements. But this is also actually look first at your dietary, dietary pattern and mm -hmm. a normal healthy dietary pattern is enough. So I would like focus on healthy dietary pattern and that's the most important thing for your sleep. So don't look for magical pills. Um, then we have like, if you look at diet, uh, obesity and overweight are related to uh, sleep problems because of uh, it's more difficult to fall asleep. A lot of uh, people have slap up note. I don't know the mm -hmm. English word, but like it can affect your sleep because it's difficult to, to breathe because of the amount of fat um, in your body. Mm -hmm. So that can be a relation and alcohol can also reduce your uh, sleep quality. So if you're drinking a night, a couple of wines, uh, maybe even after one or two, it affects your sleep, but also uh, individual effects. Uh, some people it doesn't, some people it does. So yeah, that are the most important thing that I would say is related to nutrition affects your uh, uh, sleep. So uh, tryptophan is a uh, protein, right? Yes, and some yeah, an amino acid for for the listeners who are a little bit uh, are like normal. What is that? And uh, uh, slap apnea is slap apnea for the ah, English cool. listeners. Yeah. And something you said at the end is maybe a little bit controversial for a lot of listeners because back in the day, in maybe the crazy days, they were like, oh, give your child a little drop of whiskey or something to make them go and fall asleep. So how does alcohol uh, like not make you go to sleep? Uh, actually, some people get get a little bit drowsy if you feel like a little bit tired. So it can affect your, you know, maybe for some people it, it has a, causes an arousal. You get more awake. You want to do stuff. Some people you get more like a little bit tired and you fall asleep because of the alcohol. But the, it, it like in that way it can work. But on the other side, I think sleep. Quality is also really important, and you see when you drink uh, some beers or like some like uh, wine, it negatively affects your sleep quality. And uh, we should also uh, look at your sleep quality uh, instead of only focusing on your sleep quantity. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally agree. And it's not, you know, for the listeners, it's not that you know alcohol is a good thing to put yourself away to sleep every night. Not at all, because at the end of the day, it's your body that should produce the melatonin and the whole process itself, yeah. not look at externally from one yeah. product. Yeah, it's a quick fix, but maybe for some people it works. But I think the downside is that like the sleep quality is, 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 is there's too much side effect on the sleep quality. So I, I, I shouldn't uh, focus on that. Yes. Uh, well, that is a little bit of a question that I think it's kind of new for the past years. Uh, it's been out here. Uh, it's going to be a two-in-one. Um, I've heard about CBD oil, that's so the, the wheat oil, and sex having influences on the quality of sleep. Is yeah. that true and how? Um, actually, with CBD, uh, I know it. you can buy it online, uh, but I would only uh, use this kind of products uh on advice by a doctor so um, i'm not we as fit.nl we only give like uh, tips and information related to preventive part of lifestyle and mm -hmm. i would count cbd oil as something as the curative part of uh, medicine and we as lifestyle professionals should be really aware of advising people not to play with like melatonin or uh, CBD oil because it can have detrimental effects and it's I would I would count it as like yeah it's not really been in the within the definition of medicine but I would say it's medicine so I'm not going to talk about it 
But the only thing I would say is like go to see a, a, a medic, a doctor, and discuss about your sleep problems. And then discuss also the option of CBD or that you're thinking about it. And they could advise you uh, what to do and if that's the right solution. And then, so it's not really an answer, but I think we as uh, lifestyle professionals uh, should really uh, help on the preventive part, like more behavioral advice. Uh, and I think that's way more effective. You can like uh, maybe um, work on the stress levels during the day or the lifestyle behavior you make. And that has way more effect than uh, using CBD or as a solution. Um, but that's not what people want to hear because they still look for that the magical oil pills, etc. Because and also the uh, commercial industry really puts this these solutions forwards. They buy they buy uh, ads, uh, bloggers, and they try the bloggers write about it. We also get like a requested quite a few times by CBD uh, manufacturers if we want to write articles about this kind of topics. And then every time I said no, 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 that shouldn't be the focus point. Should focus point should be on lifestyle. So that's the answer. But like the second answer is sex, so that could be in within the part of lifestyle because <laughs> that's part of a relate for a uh, for a healthy lifestyle. So mm -hmm. actually, you see um, that sex uh, has, affects the uh, sleep sleep quality um, and because it can be relaxing. Maybe you don't think about the word relaxing uh, when you're having sex, but maybe. After there's a lot yeah. of hormones that are being released, and that uh, like dopamine, uh, oxytocin, and it, it gives you more like a happy feeling, and it's and it makes you more um, uh, able to fall asleep because you're more calm and relaxed. So I would say sleep is a good strategy um, to uh, use uh, to fall asleep. Uh, maybe not when you're having sex for two or three hours, because then maybe. Yeah. It's Detrimental effects on the uh, on the amount of time you uh, you are able to fall asleep. So uh, yeah, you have to play with the amount of time. Yes, I totally agree because I think a lot of people. Um, I got <laughs> approached a while ago by a client, and she said to me, "Queenie, I'm not feeling happy. What medicine should I take?" And I was like, "Wow!" I, it was for me like the first time, and I was like, "Okay, but this is not." my work you know if you look at a dietitian um, that is a person who helps you lifestyle based without any medication just with food and if we look at the general practitioner and for the dutchies that is house arts they are in between so they're in preventive and curative so these are the people that actually can decide you know what is going to happen or maybe they will send you further on in the system to the specific doctor for the problem mm -hmm. so just like you say that we are the people here who are trying to make you think and trying to get you motivated and make steps toward uh, everything that you can control and everything you cannot control uh, or certain medications that would promise you the world uh, are out of our reach and out of our hands and we wouldn't promote that because we know at the end of the day that it, it's a lie. <laughs> so, yeah. Or at least there's a little part, but you... How would you say it? You kind of flip the tables around and your own responsibility becomes smaller because you're putting the responsibility in the product. Yeah. And that is, yeah, exactly what you just uh, said. Yeah, I totally agree. And what you just stated about sex, uh, oxytocin is also something that uh, gets released when mothers have their babies and they actually go for breastfeeding. And this is the connection bond connection hormone and dopamine is for happiness so yeah that does has you know its part but again it isn't you shouldn't be focusing on that only for sleep um no, we're also not fo focusing on that for sex. So, like, I want to have sex because I want to have those, those hormones. Maybe that's also not a good mindset. Yeah, it would be so funny. Like, I need to sleep again, so you, so you need to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, maybe, like, uh, when, you know, we are talking about sleep, and for the general part of the society, we just have a 9 to 5 job, and we can maybe sleep from 12 to 8 or. Uh, something like that. But there are a lot of people, uh, people that work at night clocks, uh, like uh, nurses who work in at night shifts in the hospitals. They have crazy shifts and work at night. Do you have some tips for them for their sleep? Um, yeah, I think you still need to get your sleep quality in, your uh, quantity. So if you, and it's, if it's possible with your work, if you're in during, if you have like, for example, 
uh, it's really difficult to switch your night rhythm every day. So if you only have uh, work shifts that are like one day and then you have the next day a different rhythm and then the other week uh, or the day another rhythm. So I would advise to ask uh, to talk to um, your work if you can have like at least five days of the same rhythm. So then you are able to uh, sleep during the day and catch up with the sleep quantity, so enough sleep hours and sleep quality. So I think you need like to have a row of, of, of days with the same rhythm. That's more like the most important thing. And if you have only one day, for example, in a week where uh, you work at night, uh, then it's the most important to pick up your rhythm again as soon as possible um, and to work with, uh, with like um, daylight. So daylight is the most important, the most important factor who um, regulates your day rhythm. Um, it regulates your uh, master clock. So if you in the morning you uh, see daylight, it regulates your 24-hour rhythm and it affects your sleep. Um, if I'm going to work all day in a, a dark room and I'm going like at 4 p.m., I'm starting to uh, walk out. Uh, outside and to get my first daylight exposure, it really affects in a negative way my day rhythm and it's more difficult to fall asleep at night because those the melatonin release, like what we discussed, is dysregulated because your body thinks, hey, uh, now it's daylight uh, and, it, and it's like it's off by a couple of hours. So th this effect also interplays with if you're a night worker or shift, you have shift works, uh, you really should focus on that and try to get like a couple of days in a row uh, of night work or immediately after one day of, uh, of, of missing the rhythm, pick it up again and try to uh, catch up with the, the rhythm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, nice. And uh, something with temperature or maybe not? I don't know because I often like advise my people just to sit in a cool uh, environment so you can sleep, not too hot, not too cold. Is yeah. there something they can do with as well? Yeah, actually, uh, um, there are a lot of there's some papers uh, released on this topic. Um, they would say like the optimal temperature is some, some somewhere related to 18 or 20 degrees, or uh, I thought like 18 is like uh, the optimum. But this is also we're looking for a magical pill or answer. I wouldn't really look on that uh, on that uh, temperature. Like oh, I have to have this degree, but I would say something that that's comfortable for you, so not too mm -hmm. cold. And actually not too hot. For example, last summer, uh, I found out actually that I was really hot and it really affected my sleep in a negative way. So maybe next year I'm going to buy air conditioning. I think it really affects my well-being. So um, like not too cold. So try to get like uh, uh, enough, uh, I, I cannot, I, I don't know the right translation, but the deck bed uh, that fits mm -hmm. you. Um, and actually, uh, otherwise heat it up a little bit and uh, try to find out what, what works for you. So like the most important thing is like if you don't feel too warm in bed or uh, during the nights you wake up because you feel really chilled or cold, that are things that interplay with your sleep. Mm -hmm. I just looked up the word deck bed. It's duvet. I would never thought of that in a million years but okay okay that's a good tip for people that really like struggling with that at the moment uh and then the last question that is actually a little bit off of what we just spoke about sleep uh but it's something i always ask like uh, people who come on the show because we uh, as listeners we can learn so much from you that even your mindset and way of thinking uh is something that can add to that and that is what is the quote you live by uh, that's interesting. I actually also want to know your uh, chord where you're living by. Um, but um, uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, at the moment, actually, I want to. We are recording this during COVID, um, but it can also be an important thing for later. Uh, it's not really only now. But what I currently do, uh, because I see people are a bit more negative. Uh, there's less social uh, social connections. Uh, people are a little bit less irritated or depressed, I would say. But I feel when I'm walking down the streets, uh, more the head is turned downwards instead of like smiling, etc. 
So what I'm focused now is more to smile to people, say hi to people that I don't know. I'm living in Amsterdam, so a big city. So I'm like uh, nodding or smiling or saying hi to a lot of people just to make people more, try to make other people smile more. And I, uh, by doing this, I see they, they, they really shake up like, huh, why is he doing that? But it really affects me in a positive way because uh, by doing this, I talk to people way more. I get way more social interaction. And I think um, in this individualized society, we see way and way more people are lonely uh, and uh, feeling being left out. And all these small things you can do just to acknowledging somebody is around or just talk to strangers, actually, just go to talk up to people, maybe on a distance of one and a half meter, but just talk to a cashier behind a, in working in a supermarket or uh, do small things, just interact with people in a positive way. It really helps your day, but also somebody else's day and can bring you a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. That's very nice because it's actually like it's going beyond yourself. It's also helping like other people. Uh, you asked me what my quote yeah. is and I actually have it on my back, but it's in uh, Sanskrit and it, it, the word is Dukkha and it is one of the uh, I believe like one of the main building blocks of Buddhism and it translates to four words and it's suffering, unhappiness, pain or even five I believe, unsatisfactory and stress. I hope I said that last word or before well and that is because um, for me personally how I translated it is that of course you now everybody deals with that but I think it's my uh uh, and does you say plicht? It should be also something that I keep account with when I meet people. So don't like yell at people, don't uh, make them cry, stuff like that. Uh, be nice and compassionate to them because you never know what is behind that face or what they're dealing with. Mm. Yeah. So for me, that is really like how I keep account because in the days and times that I wasn't that well, at, you know, the thing that I didn't really want to have is another person that was yelling at me or something like that. So you do not know how much impact that can have throughout in somebody's life. Yeah. So if you meet somebody, be nice and compassionate, even when the person isn't that, for example, yeah. but, you know, keep your cool. And also be, it can always be a reason behind it. So always uh, take account for that. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. Nice so that's something that I really like keep uh, with me because uh, for me going way further at the end of the day you don't want somebody's debt or somebody's you know distress on your karma actually you know on your like on your name yeah so yeah I'm going to take that one I'm going to uh, in turn try to internalize it for myself so uh, yeah that's a really good uh, uh, quote I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it, it became a little bit of a quote, uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, Jill, I think uh, we just had an interview about sleep. I find this so interesting. It's so different than what I normally do because um, this is like the extra information that I was seeking in season two of, you know, not only talking about eating disorders and stuff like that, because for the people who are in bed, it shouldn't be uh, like your only environment. And you should go out and seek more information. And maybe you cannot sleep nowadays because you're maybe under eating. And maybe you should go eat a little bit more so that these hormones can balance out again. So I hope this information was uh, helpful. Jeroen, I would like to thank you very much. For everybody who, who is Dutch and is listening to this, you can find them on the site fit.nl. They have a podcast, fit.nl, and they have an Instagram, also fit.nl. So there are a lot of ways to discover them and they are evidence-based and it is something that i truly love because there is no quick fixes are just the truth yeah thanks a lot for helping out with the uh, information and sharing all your uh, knowledge yes thank you so much Thank you for listening to the I'm Stuff podcast. If you would like to know more, you can go to imstuff.nl and start working on your relationship with your food, body and mind. And I'll see you the next time.